it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we actually can connect the dots between the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, and the intellectual aspects of who we are. Um, You know, 2020 taught us an awful lot about staying healthy and the importance of watching what our immune system is doing and what our inflammation level is in our body. And one of the sponsors of the show is Boomers Forever Young. So if you go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com, you're going to see a link that will take you right into their website with all of their amazing products. And the product I want you to probably look at first and foremost is something called Gladiator Barley. It is actually a sprout. It's harvested in the pure water in the regions of North, uh, I guess, West Canada. And um, what it does for you is it rebuilds muscle. So most people don't know this, but after the age of 50, you lose 1% of muscle mass every single year. So by the time you're 60, you've lost 10%. By the time you're 70, you've lost 20%. And this is how we stay strong and balanced. That's why elderly people fall a lot, is they don't have any muscle holding those bones in place anymore. And so they get wobbly and they fall. And of course, I think most people know that once you break a hip or you know a, a really bad break on your leg or something, it takes so much longer to heal than when you were young. So the gladiator barley removes inflammation, it rebuilds muscle, and it takes toxins out of the body. And so I tell people, please take a look at that. Listen to the uh, videos they have, uh, read some of the testimonies, and understand the importance of taking responsibility for our health. We need to do that, each and every one of us. This vaccine is going to help immeasurably, but we do have variants out there and we don't know what's coming down the road. So let's all be responsible and do what we can to stay strong and healthy. All right, so I have as a brand new guest today, a gal by the name of Connie Manson, and she has Starlight Puppets. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I had hand puppets and I had marionettes and I had the bigger puppets. Um, I, I just had a great time playing with them. And, but I never would have thought of that as a career. And so I am just so curious as to how Starlight Puppets came into existence. Oh, wonderful question. <laughs> um, well, when I was um, small and growing up, I loved theater and I loved to sing. Our family was very musical. So um, my mother would play a ragtime song on the piano in the living room. That was our cue to drop everything and go and start dancing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. So I always knew that the arts brought joy, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I but I was acting. I, I I didn't do a lot with puppetry when I was young, mm-hmm. but um, but loved to play with um, pop, loved to play with character, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. trying and accents and and different songs. And it felt it it taught me about the world. It taught me about others. It taught me um, how to get in touch with my feelings. It it was a safe place to express them. So uh, when it so when you yes. say acting like uh-huh. acting theater at, I know but mm-hmm. I mean like would this have been in New York 
or where were you doing some acting? Well, it began with school plays okay. and musicals, okay. a lot of musicals. Mm-hmm. Then it became um, some work in the regional. Um, there was a Dogwood Dell. There was a there was a community theater, okay. right? And during the summers, and people would get together and, and create uh, musicals together. Um, Brigadoon, for mm-hmm. example, my entire. All of my siblings were in Brigadoon with me, you know, oh which is such a wonderful, you know, yeah. when I was in high school, um, I, Oklahoma was a mm-hmm. musical that I was in and my sister was the dancing Laurie and I was the singing and acting Laurie okay. you know, in, in that okay. one in Oklahoma. So, um, that, so do you so love that going to the theater. theater as a result? Yes. And I did take, I was in the drama club and we did mm-hmm. take trips up to New York to watch, you know, the, the place there on Broadway. Um, well, I remember The Wiz. That was a wonderful yeah, one, and yeah. Annie. And you Annie, know, those were right. things that I've Phantom really, of the Opera. Um, I have um, not seen that live, but I've heard the the music and read the, you know, read How the about plot. Lion King since that's. Oh right. yes, I did see yeah. that. Yes, over yeah. at Strats actually mm-hmm. in Tampa. Right. So, where where there, there are puppets, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was just that. thinking that because you walk mm-hmm. right down the aisle, you know, I mean, the puppets do. Yes. Um, to, yes. to go onto the stage. So mm-hmm. you get so caught up in the fact that they're enormous, like a giraffe or a mm-hmm. rhino or something. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that was a puppet was, do you remember Warhorse? Yes. Oh, that's an exquisite. Yeah, very much very so. Very much. Yes. Yeah. I did not see that one, but I did. Um, I saw cats right? yeah. again with the using yes. the body the, the actually with the with the way the makeup is and mm-hmm. the way they move their bodies mm-hmm. you become something like a puppet right more of an archetypal character right um, where there's a so with the what happened was I went into I, I thought about um, going into um, school for a music degree mm-hmm. but decided to um, pursue theater as a degree so once I graduated, Nearly the day I graduated from theater at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, with a degree, mm-hmm. I one of the graduate students calls me up and says, I have a puppetry group. Would you like to oh. help me with my and puppet theater? Right. So it was a small troupe. She, it was basically her. She would ask some people to come along and help her. But, but she, you know, she helped. I built some of the puppets with her. Mostly I was a performer, mm-hmm. you know, and she wrote the scripts, mm-hmm. and I would sing the songs, and we were in this little box, right? And so I'm holding up these rod puppets above my head and using these voices, these character voices, having so much fun, and we would go to these preschools, right, oh, and kindergartens, okay, sure. and not a peep. Not a peep of those little ones outside, but I, I could feel, you could, you know, I could feel that yeah. they were very engaged. Yeah. Right. And I, I loved the stories. They, were, they had... Um, you know, we sang a song about Johnny Appleseed and told the story of Johnny Appleseed and, and how, you know, that gift of, of the apples came to be mm-hmm. and um, little animals is part of the story. And so that started me out. out, out I mean, it was, it was like out of the blue, mm-hmm. right, we, mm-hmm. that that happened. So that was interesting that it dropped in my lap like that. So I didn't know what their faces looked like. Back there, I, but I could feel, again, the rapt attention. I didn't find that out until a little bit later. Oh, okay. I did go to Actors Theatre of Louisville. I had an acting apprenticeship there. We did um, theater there, children's theater, you know, for the families and, and community. Mm-hmm. I remember dressing up like a dragon, right, and with a mask, you know, having that type of, you know, again, the archetype that the mask right, and right. puppetry brings. Then I decided to go to New York, right? I moved from Virginia to New York City, and I was doing, you know, different theater work. 
um, the friend of mine had a that I met through an acting class had her own company, and she asked me to be a part of the company. Uh-huh. I would, but I also lived in the village at that juncture, and right around the corner was a school, a community school, village community school is what it's called, and I began to work there. Um, loved working with children. I've always loved working with children. I'd uh-huh. done that since high school. So. One day, I'm sitting there watching a puppet story from the other side, right? And I watch these children that I work with every day, how they took in the puppet story. They loved it. They were wrapped. I could feel how deeply they took puppets in. I could feel how real these puppets were to them. Well, mm-hmm. even like with uh, Mr. Rogers, you know, oh, with Trolley yes. and Tiger. And, yes. Yeah, so. and I love the way he presented puppetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So gentle and so um, deep, mm-hmm. right? And, and able to share things that you cannot share in another way because there's a safety in the puppet, well, right? Well, isn't the Sesame Street safe. the same way? I mean, you know, that those came out kind of at the same time, but, mm-hmm. but you know, Big Bird and mm-hmm. Ernie and mm-hmm. Bert and all of those characters were really puppets, mm-hmm. but the children could identify so well with them. So, mm-hmm. so now how many puppets do you have? Um, I have, I don't know. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, so I have a closet full of them. I have a garage that has different props, you know, little trees mm. that light up and little houses and different, you know, props there, you know, beautiful natural pieces that I can use interchangeably for a number of stories, around a mm. hundred puppets, maybe more, probably a few more. I have different types. I have marionettes. I have some hand puppets. I usually use um, marionettes in the puppets that I bring out to schools and to libraries and festivals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also have, um, like my, I have a hermit crab puppet, which is a made of with a glove and then I felted the shells oh, right, wow. that the hermit crab uh-huh. fits into uh-huh. so um so I have some varying I have some standing puppets that I use in the classroom um and so yes so I have different styles as well but I tend to use them as stock characters I have a grandmother a grandfather right uh-huh. a little girl uh-huh. you know that I interchange uh-huh. a fairy a little elf you know that type of so. so do you write your own stories or do you, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Some of the stories I write mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Some are traditional stories, traditional folk tales, fairy tales. Some are adaptations, mm-hmm. right? Or I'll, well, I'll get an idea off of, um, you know, the idea, you know, I read several books about hermit crabs, you know, several, several different children's stories about it. And then I'll write an adaptation mm-hmm. of, of that is my own telling. You know, one of my most favorites stories that um, years ago, you know, when my son was still young, Mm -hmm. uh, we had gone to see The NeverEnding Story. Mm -hmm. And do you know that story at all? Um, Some of it. I'm not that familiar with it, but I'd love to hear. Well, Atreyu is is the little boy that's Mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. But um, his mother has died, okay? And they are bullying him, and his father, you know, is busy working, And so he ends up going into an old-fashioned bookstore. And there's a huge book, and it's kind of this magical book. And so he drags it up into the attic because he doesn't want to go to school, Mm -hmm. and he starts reading. So he becomes the character in the book, and there is a dragon that looks more like a dog than anything else that he befriends and that protects him. 
But the whole story is his learning how to stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that, you know, those kinds of stories must be wonderful to tell through puppetry. Uh, mm-hmm. Where, you know, the lesson is you can, you know, like the little engine that could. Mm-hmm. There's so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Right, and through the medium of storytelling and puppetry, mm-hmm. it can really reach the children in a very deep, meaningful deep way. way. Right. Well, I have the story of Nkosnati and the Dragon. It's a South African story. No, I don't know that one. Oh, it's a lovely story about a little boy who bravely faces the storm dragon. You know, like a type of hurricane uh-huh. dragon, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. By... He has an idea. He he cares for the goats and, and helps his mother during the day. Mm-hmm. But and he he makes little clay birds with his friends out of at near the water and near the caves mm-hmm. near his house. Well, one day the storm dragon's on his way and he he's might have to face it. So he gets a stone and he gets his drum, right? Oh, okay. And he then um, brings his goats into the cave, right? They're they're hiding there from the. Um, dragon, but uh oh, he left his mother's calabash, which is a water vessel, okay. over by the river because he was gathering water before uh-huh. the storm, and he doesn't want it to break. Right, he wants to care for it, so he runs out to fetch it. But there comes the storm dragon rushing over the mountains with, you know, nostrils of flame, you know, thunder and lightning and mm-hmm. blasting, and and the dragon is rearing and moving towards the little boy, and the boy raises his hand bravely and says, "Stop!" Right, and the dragon, very surprised, stops, <laughs> and, and the little boy said, "You know, before you eat me, I have a gift for you," and he has a stone in his hand and. He says, open your jaws, I'll give you this cheese. He says, he calls it a cheese. And so the dragon, not knowing any better, opens his jaws and he throws the stone in. The dragon puts his teeth together to eat it. And of course, what happens? The teeth break and drop down upon the ground. And then the dragon begins, tears begin to fall from the eyes of the dragon. And the scales begin to fall because of the courage this little boy showed by facing the dragon, mm-hmm. and and so he, it transforms into a beautiful lady in cloaks of glowing green who spreads gentle rain through the oh. village and through instead of tearing the village apart, which is what the dragon had done before. Had done before, mm-hmm. and then probably just rebuilt it. <laughs> right. So right? <laughs> right. And so these beautiful raindrops come, and the clay birds are, become animated and fly out of the cave, and and the and the. Um, this beautiful being gives him a gift of the her, her tears, the sunflower, their sunflower seeds. Hmm. So he, but he, he plants them, and and then as the, the this beautiful flower grows and then opens its petals, mm-hmm. and then so every time the sunflower opens its petals, the people are always reminded forever of the courage of this little boy to face the dragon and allow the transformation to happen. So if you were doing that as as a story with kiddos, Mm -hmm. is there an age group that is more meaningful for that story or any age? That particular story, I have several stories that I feel are multi, Mm -hmm. um, the reach, the child in us through all of our stages of Mm -hmm. being. Um, So all ages for that one. I've showed it into school of um, nursery children to eighth graders. And they all loved it for different reasons. I for think. different reasons, and, right? And um, had a different each child had a different experience. The mm-hmm. older children were also probably looking at how it was done, right? right. Looking at how right. things were made. Right. And, right. Oh, that bird! The how's it? I wonder how it flaps its wings. And right. y- you know, um, but still, because of the story itself mm-hmm. and what it says, mm-hmm. there's something to be gained from that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. 
and I get nourished by it myself. Right. You know? And I'm also so. thinking that if the teachers were to go back, maybe maybe you don't do this. Um, I don't know whether you do or not. But if the teachers were to go back and look at some of the deeper meanings, you know, like how many of you have had to face, you know, courageously something in your life, mm -hmm. and then talked about how that works. Indeed. So. Yes. See, there's way, yes, ways mm -hmm. that follow-up can happen. Right. One, as a um, teaching artist, because I also, you know, mm -hmm. it can bring that, one can create, you know, um, for example, a follow-up with creating a rain stick. Right? right, and then talking about it and working through it. How do you make a rain stick, by the way? Oh, well, you can take, actually, you know those um, mailing tubes? Mm -hmm. If you find a nice thick one and not just a tube, a cardboard tube used for paper towels, for example, right, right. It, it has a nice um, heft to it where it creates a really nice sound as the, because you can, okay, as you the... You put pebbles or You what? can put pebbles, you can put sand, you can put um, rice and lentils. And different and mung beans, you know, different sized beans in there to create oh, the create sounds. Different sounds. Oh. I, I took I took a nice long packing tube, you know, mailing tube, and um, nailed small, you know, the small finishing nails into it. Sure. And then and into a spiral, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mm -hmm. um, nailed it. Yes, my husband is a has a background in teaching, and he gave me an idea to. He'd made them with his children, some smaller ones in his uh -huh. class, because he uh -huh. in a Walder school, which is the that was the inspiration for a number of these stories that I use. Uh -huh. um, you, the teacher goes from first grade to eighth grade, with ideally their with their students through all of that time. Oh my gosh! So he has so many tricks up his sleeve. I so bet. he um, had, had said, "Try it in a spiral," and so I did, and it's just wonderful the sounds of the beans and the lentils as, and the rice as it cascades through. You know that that pattern I of the bet. spiral. I bet. So yes, and so with the, the students love this to do that also to nail mm -hmm. the nails in, mm -hmm. in and create that. And you can use decoupage on the outside to create a beautiful work of art as well as an instrument that makes a lovely sound. You know. Oh, that could be a project that would take a good month at least. You know, in an art class because you just work on it a little bit at a time mm -hmm. until you have a finished product. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So, I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then you could probably come up with, you know, like that fits that story. Mm -hmm. But I'll bet you a lot of the um, puppet stories that you do have something artistic in it mm -hmm. so that you can weave a lesson or a moral mm -hmm. along with a piece of art that will always be there, teaching them like, I remember doing that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really essential part of working with puppetry is keeping leaving something behind yes. for them yeah. that they can touch. Right, right. And you were asking before about the types of puppets that I have. Uh -huh. I also make them out of handkerchiefs in the moment. You know what I mean? I, little bunnies or mice. You know, the, uh -huh. the children watch me make a little a little bunny uh -huh. from a handkerchief in front in my hand in front of them. You know, so there are you know so the transformational aspect of magic. You know, right. making something out of nothing, kind of. What's the speak, story? So I mean, this has been a, um, a again a favorite story of mine. Um, because I think we all have children still inside of us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so the Velveteen Rabbit. Oh. So can that become um, a puppet kind of a story that the bunny becomes real? Absolutely. And that's a lovely medium for that mm -hmm. story. I have a friend of mine who I also went to college with in the same theater department that he created a version of the Velveteen Rabbit. Oh, we did. Yes, okay. lovely. Version, yes, mm -hmm. it's perfect. It is, yeah. it is, and you know, the skin horse and his yes. lesson about 
<clears throat> we we don't become real until most of our hair has been uh, worn off and our eyes are wobbly and fall out. <laughs> but uh, she did a, such a beautiful job of creating that story. Yes, so. and it's interesting how then then you realize what makes it real is not the the materials because the mm -hmm. materials are fading away. Right. What makes it real is the what love we put into yeah, it. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know the love, love, the imagination, the right. the um, wonder, the you know. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. And so many times, I mean, like in that story, the little boy had uh, scarlet fever, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they back in those days, they burned everything. I mean, the mm -hmm. toys, the it, it all got destroyed because they didn't realize that the germs were not in the toys or the books or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, he couldn't go to sleep unless he had his bunny with him for the longest time. And then, you know, the nurse maid had to give him a new bunny mm -hmm. and that one ends up you know out on the rubbish pile and fortunately doesn't get burned before magic happens mm -hmm. so the concept of magic has been with you probably your whole life i would think i know it's been with me you know mm -hmm. which is why i write but um how do you see magic as helping people you know if they if they can actually begin to kind of understand that we as human beings need that element in our life because life can be so tragic at times or, um, you know, like with everybody, I mean, we've got over 500,000 people that have died of COVID. And yes, probably the majority had pre-existing conditions and, they, and their bodies just simply couldn't fight off this kind of virus. But we've had so much tragedy over 2020 and now still in 2021. So how does magic help? you know, make that a little more bearable? That's, what a wonderful question, right? <laughs> mm. I think it's really important to open up to other images besides those of um, sadness and mm. sickness. And, and that's what we get to know. see on the news. <laughs> right. And so that's why I think puppetry is a perfect vehicle, especially now, because it, <clears throat> it, it, it gives, um, it brings healing imagery, especially uh -huh. when chosen carefully you right, know the, right. the stories are have a are transformational somehow they bring out a characteristic within ourselves that is strong that mm -hmm, brings strength mm -hmm. and resilience mm -hmm. um and i i know that one of my favorite quotes attributed to yates is the world of full is full of magic things patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper mm -hmm. right and so with that thought in us then Perhaps we can, um, I hope that the puppetry helps awaken that, uh -huh. awaken that sense of possibility, that um, intuitive, I think you have to look for it. You have to look for the magic in order for one to begin to realize that it's always there. You know? Ooh, that is so true. Mm -hmm. and I know you work in parks as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, we had talked about um, the fact that you know, what a great way for children to learn about plants and animals is out in the elements. Out in it, yes. Right, because, mm -hmm. I mean, trees have energy, and we know that animals have energy. But I think you and I talked um, a number of weeks ago now mm -hmm. about, I think it was a play or a story that you were doing where you were pretending <clears throat> to chop down a tree. Yes. And yes. yet you felt the energy of the tree saying, please don't hurt me. Yes, yes. And so... You know, it's, it's kind of like we need to get in touch with that part of us because I tell people, you know, we're 50 trillion cells. 
and our cells all vibrate with energy. And so learning how to have hold maybe a positive energy mm-hmm. that allows for everything around us to flourish and grow and be happy and vibrate in a healthy way. But we can also, you know, hold on to a lot of negative stuff. And then your cells, all 50 trillion of them, are vibrating at a lesser frequency mm-hmm. where there's anger and there's hurt and there's sadness. And, you know, that doesn't do your body any good. And so when you take kids out into nature, what a great way to teach them about, you know, hey, this is where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yes, to get to tune your channel, right? Mm-hmm. Your radio mm-hmm. channel, your radio st- into the exactly. right radio station, right. so to speak, right? right? Absolutely. And um, I just love, because I think children naturally understand that we're connected, all that we're all, all connected, are, yes, yeah. and that and that and the research about looking at trees as a community is becoming more and more uh-huh. moving forward uh-huh. into um, articulation, articulating how the root systems of the trees are connected all one to another. Uh-huh. Well, um, in what woke me up to that is Waldorf Education. They talk about how young children really live in a that frequency mm-hmm. of the the idea that we're all connected right. and so there's father son it's not oh like there's the sun up there it's this many billion you know mm-hmm. how many miles away it is from us and mm-hmm. it's the solar system this and they look at it as a fr- here's father son smiling down on me exactly right exactly and if if they feel that way is there some type of truth to that that we all connect to and i believe I feel so that that is indeed Mm -hmm. so as I'm sitting there teaching a parent-child class in the park hammock park by the way is just amazing and a magical place within itself Mm -hmm. and so the families as we're singing about squirrel nutkin you know gathering up his nuts suddenly we look up and there are acorns dropping from these beautiful live oaks and resounding and pounding gently upon the floor of this amazing meadow and you can feel everyone the children the the parents and any grandparents who might have come just ah just resting in that that absolute wonder of what nature is when we feel genuinely connected to it as opposed to annoying right Mm -hmm. oh here's this bug that just landed on me is eating at me is there another level to nature than that yes right Mm -hmm. we just need to open up mm-hmm. to it right? there's um, a little park that's not too far from where I live mm-hmm. and um, I go there frequently especially over the last year with all of the uh, COVID stuff because you are outside mm-hmm. and so you feel like okay I, I mean the germs might be here but they're not going to do as much damage here as if I'm you know at a Publix or someplace like that and so I have gone very frequently all for the last you know year plus and I'm always amazed at mullets because they jump so high. Yes. And uh, so most yeah. of those are like a good 12 inches out of the water. Now, I know that they jump to get off uh, like little insects or whatever that are on their bodies. But a lot of people say they also jump for joy, that that's part of why they jump is they're just happy fish. And that always made me smile. And dolphins will come in periodically. Manatees have come in periodically. So you never know what is going to be your gift. You go mm-hmm. with the anticipation that it's going to be beautiful, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes it's an osprey, you know, going by with a fish in its mouth for it's his family. And other times it might be, there's been a couple of sightings now 
of rosy spoonbills with the sun coming through their feathers and so they are just spectacularly pink and when you're looking up at them because if they're down on the ground you don't see that mm -hmm. but if they're flying you know it, you do so there's I think teaching children and adults you know to go out into nature with the idea of nature's going to give you a gift Mm -hmm. You don't yes. know what it is, yes. but they, it is going to give you something to behold and to ponder on and to embrace. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and nature can take away a lot of the sadness that's out there right now. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It's just interesting. I still remember when I was um, training to be a kindergarten teacher, and mm -hmm. um, and again, always um, one little boy was looking at a spider web, right? And I could just see he just. Went, <gasps> You it was could just beautiful. Hear, yes, you could see his entire <laughs> uh -huh. world light up. Yeah. Right. So that type of wonder, it it's it's also what I like to bring into the puppetry. That uh -huh. sense of uh -huh. of what you do when you open up to just how lovely a moment is. You know. Well, and as adults, we lose that. You know, unless can, yeah. there's um, you haven't. I don't think <laughs> I have. But there's so many that have. Um, you know that. If you live down here in Florida, you probably have heard this. You know, it's God's waiting room. And there's so many people that really move down here to retire until they get so sick that they go back north to be with family at the end of their life. And this happens over and over and over again. But I think so many times they've lost that, I don't know, excitement about life. You know, they're into what's the early bird special. Mm -hmm. You know, or, mm -hmm. you know, who's, what doctor's appointment do you have next? Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of tragic because there's so much out there and a lot of it doesn't cost anything. It's just a matter of, of having your eyes open and, you know, maybe taking up sketching again, or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, go fishing. I mean, it doesn't cost a lot to get a license unless you're going to go out deep sea fishing, but, mm -hmm. you know, just do something that's out there in nature. And if you teach kids this at a pretty early age, generally speaking, it'll stay with them for a lifetime. And so they'll have something that they can use when they're in their 70s and 80s, you know, and hopefully not just be looking back on their life. Right, but really looking to see, yes, mm -hmm. this is life. Mm -hmm. Life is now, mm -hmm. right? Right. Learning yeah. to live in the moment. Yes. Right. Yeah. Do you have um, a, a play with puppets that maybe teaches a little bit about meditation or teaches a little bit about being, you know, being in the moment, learning to just enjoy where you are? Um, well, I think it's through certain moments in each story. Mm -hmm. For example, I just, I um, have started an online Zoom puppet series, mm -hmm. right, where um, it's a subscription series that families are invited to, to join me once mm -hmm. a season, mm -hmm. right, for mm -hmm. a story. Mm -hmm. And this was a story I just did in the, um, not even a month ago, just a couple of weeks ago, about a little um, seedling and how it pushes through the earth mm -hmm. and raises up and looks about and finds this, the, oh, there's the golden sun. And it's a sense of actually being present, yes, I would yes, say, yeah, right? Yeah. Mindfulness in that Mindfulness, way. Mindfulness, right. And how it slowly starts to open up mm -hmm. at, even more and more as it grows. By the time this little flower has reached the zenith of its of a flower life, mm -hmm. right? Cause it goes through the cycle. Mm -hmm. It's raised up to the sun. Its little head is looking up. The arms are fully out. The seeds are growing from its 
it's um, head. There's a pretty flower hat that it's wearing, uh-huh. you know, and just you can see, and the flower was filled with joy, right? And um, just allowing that that moment to be in. So you watch this little flower as it as grows, it grows and moves, right. and there's something very um, there a sense of presence and a sense of being. Um, a, about what a seed represents and sure, a flower represents sure. that, that that we all I think connect to so beautifully. Well, and you know? at birth, you know, mm-hmm. a baby is like a seed, mm-hmm. and as it grows, you know, it, it gets uh, exposed to a lot of different things. Obviously, mm-hmm. that but, are well, one one you know holds the nurturing part mm-hmm. of that, right? Mm-hmm. The story talks about like the the water fairies bringing sips, dewdrop mm-hmm. sips, and you know, and how the little um, Rays from the sun, uh-huh. the little um, sun fairies come and dance uh-huh. with the, with the flower, and the bee comes and kisses its nose, and oh, every, everywhere the bee kisses is where a, a sunflower seed begins to grow. Oh, cool! You know, so there's a sense of, so in that way, I uh, would say there there are places in, in brought into each story where there is mindfulness. We do right. singing, right. you know, and audience participation where they're asked to play music with me and sing with me, uh-huh. you know, or do a little... The reason I was asking that uh-huh. in part was that um, I'm aware now that they are taking into some of the schools, mm-hmm. uh, certainly, uh, and it helps behaviorally with very active children, mm-hmm. you know, this whole idea of breathing, mm-hmm. you know, and learning to use um, breath as a way to get centered, Yes, and that it works pretty darn well. And I was just thinking with your puppets... You know, that would be so easy to teach. To teach. You know, the whole concept of breathing in to the count of, maybe with mm-hmm. children it would be to the count of four, and mm-hmm. then, you know, back out again because their lungs aren't as big as an adult's. That would be a lovely, um, that would be a lovely way to utilize the puppets. I have certainly done puppets for, um, in situations where children, well, I'll go back to that in a minute, but let me try to remember um, what I was wanting to say about, with young children, they learn best by just doing it, doing it right? right, by just being in it. So that's right. what yeah. I try to bring in the puppetry, just right. the experience, set it up so that they will breathe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's the puppetry itself is not um, a huge light show where mm-hmm. it you have to kind of sit back a little bit to take it in. Mm-hmm. I don't use a lot of loud voices. Mm-hmm. I use... It's fun, mm-hmm. it's interesting, but it does draw them in mm-hmm. so they can breathe with mm-hmm. the story mm-hmm. as opposed to them having to... If a child is overstimulated, that's when the shortness of breath happens. That's mm-hmm. when they're not settled in the moment. Mm-hmm. That's when they lose their sense of being. Right. But if the, the story... Um, the. I move at a natural pace. I'm, I'm not jumping everything up and down really quickly, unless it's a specific character that moves quickly, where yeah. it kind of gives them a giggle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there's within the story, it's woven to put them in a sense of being. But yeah. for older children, perfect, right? Because mm-hmm. then they're ready to count it right, out. Right, right. They're ready to really be more conscious of it. Grades, you know, you know, moving into more um, third grade and up. I think they can really... A character for you if you don't have one that just came to my mind is an inchworm. Oh, yes. I have a caterpillar, but an inchworm sounds lovely. I'd love to play with that. So they could, you know, work with the counting and the breathing with the inchworm. Yes, just naturally. As as naturally. That's a lovely idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when I was in grade school many, many years ago, Uh um, 
there is a song called Inchworm, Inchworm. Measuring, Measuring the Miracles. Yes, yeah, a yeah. beautiful song. Yeah. And so maybe that could be a part of yes. what's, what's going on. And that has a natural breathing to it. It does. That song. It does. And that, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, um, I loved that particular song as a kid. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was so sweet. And it's mm -hmm. good for harmony yeah. uh, uh -huh. when you do it. So with your singing. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so we have magic all around us all of the time. We yes. just have to kind of open our eyes in yes. order to and see our hearts. it in our hearts. Mm -hmm. So are you familiar with this whole concept that we have quite a few, um, I think it's, I, I don't quote me on the exact number, but uh, in our heart, um, we have something like 40,000 brain cells that reside in our heart. And um, when we start using intuition and coming from heart center, as opposed to coming from the intellectual, because mm -hmm. most of the time people make decisions in their heads. You know, they weigh things this way, that way. Should I do this? Should I go there? What's the decision I should make? Mm -hmm. And so we stay in our heads. When we drop it to the heart and allow for the heart to actually make the decision intuitively, it almost always is the right decision. So um, that would be another area for, you know, like having characters teach that concept mm -hmm. that um, if we become heart-centered as opposed to head-centered, you know, we will know the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. We will naturally be empathetic and intuitive, you know, in the way we live our life. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know whether that would help, but it couldn't hurt <laughs> in today's world, um, you know, because we don't see one another as collaborators, let's say. I don't think we do. I think we still are um, coming from a position of a dog-eat-dog -dog world, that I have to do it better than you, uh, otherwise I don't get ahead, mm -hmm. rather than working together in a team. And again, with children, you know, as a psychotherapist for all the years that I have been, you know, that whole team concept is so, so important. And puppets, what a beautiful way to do it is, mm -hmm. is teach all about working together collaboratively. Mm -hmm. Telling a story together. Mm -hmm. I love doing that with children. Uh, we've um, There's a wonderful, amazing story called Snake Magic. It's an African story, East African story. Okay, tell me the story. Um, the, it's, it is a story about fighting then that way, mm -hmm. where the brother fights for the inheritance and takes everything from the sister. And this, whenever the sister, the, and the sister's living from a heart intuitive level, right. so she's always finding <laughs> the gift in uh -huh. whatever, what little thing she's been given. Mm -hmm. you know, for, so he leaves, so the brother takes all the furniture, but say, leaves a seed. Well, she plants the seed and it becomes this amazing, you know, garden full of gourds and she sells them. Then he takes those. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. so she's always finding that. So she has to leave, there comes a point where she has to leave the village because she doesn't feel safe, because father has passed over, you know, and... Um, and she knows her brother's going to take everything. And she knows her brother's going to take everything. I uh, think he actually does, okay. um, does threaten her life, wow. too. Wow, okay. And so she, I think he even, it's been a while since I've done this story. I did it with um, school children, grade school children, um, older, you know, fourth, fifth grade. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine they were just absolutely they were into amazing. it. Amazing! Yeah, it was beautiful production, and we had snakes. The children made snake marionettes. Oh wow! Right? And so there was a part where the but the thing is in Africa, and, and I feel like there's a very 
true essence of this. The snake gives the medicine. It's actually, um, you know, snake magic. It, it, mm -hmm. it creates the healing. Right. You know, um, so they're looked at in a different way. They're not looked at with fear mm -hmm. in that culture. Mm -hmm. And so I think she even loses her hand. The, her hand is cut off. Her brother cuts her hand off. For what reason? Um, I'd have to look on the, at the story again, but it has to do with... Uh, oh, I think he said, I want to have to take your... He wants to take something else, yet something else from her. Oh, and she tries and to she hold on to it. And she holds on to it. And he, that's oh, when he, okay. he cuts yeah. her hand oh off. Oh, my gosh. So, but she connects in with the snake. And it is through... And the snake, um, she drops something into the water, I think. Uh, and so she goes to fetch it again. And when she does, her hand comes out whole. Oh, my gosh. Know. How cool is that? And she ends up coming back to the town as a princess, you know, with... Uh, you know, a husband who's a prince, and but she was very. Mm, no, she doesn't go back to the town. Her brother ends up hearing about her and comes to her and and is tries to spread unkindly things. But the power of and she he she actually is um, banished from this town kingdom for a bit, but but her her true nature yet again transforms it to where. You know, it you you know, so it has a beautiful ending. Oh, and wow. brother sulk, slinks back to where he came from. You know, because it's a sense of once you know who you are inside, mm -hmm. there's really nothing that can take that away. No, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, and the thing is, I I think we all know it mm -hmm. underneath it all, mm -hmm. but it's trying to dig through the other. Right. Because that's you know just because that's how things look, it doesn't mean that's how things work. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so it's just giving the children and ourselves the strength to, to, to dig through all of that to really find the mm -hmm. essence of who we are. You know, um, you probably saw or read the book The Help. Yes. Yeah, uh -huh. and I think that was such a beautiful lesson for that little girl in there because she was a little chubby, mm -hmm. and her mother was all about perfection. Yes. And so, you know, the character that was the black, you know, um, nanny, basically, you know, she was teaching her, you know, I am strong, I am beautiful, mm -hmm. I am, I can't remember all the words that she used now, but I mean, it was that statement that she made that little girl say every day with her to remind her how special and, you know, amazing she was. Mm -hmm. So that when she did leave at the very end of the movie, you know, because she was banished, that little girl had that as, even as sad as she was going to be losing that special person in her life, she had the foundation yeah. of those beliefs that said, this is who I am, no matter what anybody else says. Mm -hmm. So that is... The beautiful story. Mm. And it's what a gift that she gave her. Oh, you know? amazing. Um, there's a wonderful book um, called, I'm going to bring it back to little ones, right? Mm -hmm. Joyful Toddlers and Preschoolers, mm -hmm. where it talks about three needs that children have that we all have. Mm -hmm. At any age? At any age, mm -hmm. and that's the need for competency, mm -hmm. the need to contribute, mm -hmm. and the need to feel connected, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Those are three human needs that when those are met, um, there aren't the, there's not the acting out. There's right. not the... It, for the toddler, the terrible twos, right. because we're in this together, and, right. and they just naturally want to join in on whatever it is right. that we're doing. Right. And I, when I use that with the grades children that I work with in mm -hmm. the um, teaching music to the grades children in the Waldorf school that I that I work with primarily, um, if I treat them 
not as someone I'm dictating to, mm-hmm. you know, Let's but as me we're to- work, yeah, yes, but together. we're together in this. Mm-hmm. Be when I'm open to their suggestions, mm-hmm. um, in ways that you know fit what we're doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, they, and why? Oh, we we're not. Let's wait. We're not going to tell them how to move their ribbon on the maypole. Let me do that. I'm the guide here. You can tell me, but because I can see everyone, uh, it's much better if it comes. Um, let me let me do that piece, but you help me, right? Mm-hmm. So then we got down to the bottom of why somebody got pushed, right? You uh, see what I'm saying? Yeah. And we all looked worked on that together. I got pushed because this ribbon was too low and it caught me on my shoulder mm-hmm. and you get what I'm saying right. so it's like we so all could see it we all did that together and then they were like ah oh, as opposed to you pushed me exactly. which is a very small piece of right. what happened right. Right. right so the blame wasn't the other person the, no. the situation was understood almost from an engineering point of view yes yeah precisely <laughs> right right mm-hmm. so that's real you know you're talking about how children love to help and this is so funny because um at this park that I go to I planted some flowers and I had uh, two little girls help with the initial planting. Mm-hmm. And then I went to water them one day. And here's this little boy with his grandfather. And as I'm walking up with the watering can, he watches me. And when I get close to him, he goes, hello, little girl. And it was so cute. And I said, well, hello, little boy. And I said, so am I a little girl with you? And he goes, yes, you are. And so he wanted to help water. So I just had him hold on the top, like put his hand there because the can yeah. was much too heavy for him. Uh-huh. But he climbed up into the flower bed because it's a, it's a big, um, like a fountain area that we put these flowers in. So he climbed in there so that he could actually be part of it. And afterwards, it was, it was kind of like he dusted his hands off and went, wow, he said, that was a good job. <laughs> and so from a three-year-old's position, you know, that had been cooped up because of COVID, according to his granddad, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. He felt successful. Mm-hmm. He felt that he had contributed. Yes. Um, he felt a belongingness, like he had belonged to this little part of taking care of something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, you know, you look at a lot of seniors in particular, again, down here, or teenagers that no longer feel connected. They don't feel connected to their family or the community. And with COVID, they've had so much time by themselves, you know. So I think there is um, a movement about, you know, of reconnecting, Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out so that people feel like they are integrated again into one another's lives and Mm -hmm. not just, you know, I'm on my own here. Yes. Mm -hmm. Big, big thing to to work with. Um, One of the things that I wanted to also ask you about you talk about the art of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean when you say the art of storytelling? I think I know what it means, but, you know, from a listener's point of view, because if you're reading a story, even, you know, maybe you don't have puppets to work with, but you're reading a story to a grandchild or to a child. What is that? How do you make that work? I think it starts with the thought that um, everything's a story. Mm-hmm. Right. If you look around your beautiful room here, you know I can say, "Oh, I love the da 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 da," and you can say, "Oh, 
Let, right, let me tell you the story of that. Yeah, right, you know, there's right. there's a there's usually something that happened. It was a mm. gift, or you what was made, or I found it in a special st- shop, or I've always wanted. I love. I have a connection to eagles. You know, and, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So everything does have a story, mm-hmm. and when we read someone's story, how does it start out? It starts right. out with from an idea from within us. It's not all a sudden a book, right? right? right That's right. the end result. Right. That's right. not the beginning result. The beginning. Right. The beginning process is, you know, um, sitting in the park and watching a caterpillar climb over your toe, you know. And I wonder if I, what that caterpillar did before it came to me. I wonder where it's going. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a sense of... Um, you can begin to create the story. Yeah, yeah. so that's, I suppose that's the art. Mm-hmm. But the, and also part of the art, yes, yes. And also part of the art would be... Um, how it connect not creating it and how it connects in how it connects in universally right right, right, right. Um, to not only caterpillar but caterpillarness in yeah, us right. what about us is like that caterpillar that moves into a butterfly right, right? right. because I love the Native American thought that um, all the animals in the world are part of if you looked at us as a mirror ball mm-hmm. that an animal is like one little prism on the mirror on ball. The mirror ball. And we are the mirror ball right. as human beings. Right. We have all of the aspects, and right. the animals have a focused one. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. like an archetype, right? right? And right. so the native people talk about the totem animals and right. the gifts that they bring, the right. medicine right. that each animal brings, right? Going back to like snake magic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there. So how does that? how does that connect into each one of us? How does it give us soul medicine? Exactly, right? exactly. I think mm-hmm. when you and I first met, I had told you about feeding deer. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I know that the deer is one of my totems. Um, and she, it's usually a doe, not a, uh, a buck. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that she represents patience. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that was such an interesting situation because she was a wild deer. I mean, they had been fed by um, people that, went to this particular cabin mm-hmm. but they usually stayed in the distance from what I was told uh, except you know to come up after you backed away from putting down corn or something uh-huh. and in this particular case I had a piece of an apple and I held it out to her because she had engaged eyes with me and I think I told you that she would take a step and slightly bow her head yes. and then take another step and slightly bow her head. So I didn't know whether it was like respect or a, a reverence of some sort, but she eventually, she'd taken about a dozen steps until she got to my hand and then she took it right out of my hand. So, you know, trust, patience, yes. maybe, you know, all of those things, you know, as part of that animal totem you know, that was there teaching a lesson to me as much as as I was offering the apple, you know, to her. So there's just so many magical things, you know, that are just out there. Mm -hmm. And um, we seem to be at a point in time, maybe uh, from a a universal position. Um, You know, we started at Christmas time on December 21st. I don't know whether you were out watching the stars, but we had the you know it was a oh it was a star that appeared that was uh, supposedly similar to um, the star of Bethlehem 
Were you aware? Yes, of that? I yeah. was aware of that. Yeah, yes. and so I was at this park, and mm-hmm. there were cameras and tripods everywhere, with people taking this picture because we're not going to see that again probably in our lifetime. It's going to be another eighty some odd years before it's back, and it was just amazing. And there were people playing the Age of Aquarius because that's what we had moved into, mm-hmm. and so it seems as though this magical ability to tell stories to share, to be part of nature, to slow down, to be, you know, in the moment, so to speak. It's all here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's here for us right now. And it's just a matter of um, taking it in, mm-hmm. you know, being mm-hmm. aware enough so that we're not driving down 19 at 80 miles an hour, <laughs> but we're maybe stepping out into the backyard with our bare feet mm-hmm. and watching some birds for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and that's part of what you do, I think, with with the kiddos too. So, what would you like to share with people at this point about you know, puppet, not just puppeteering, but maybe how to use all of this with their immediate family, with their children, because you're going to have some teachers that are listening and they're going to be getting ideas, but mm-hmm. there's going to be people listening that have grandchildren and children, and you know, maybe they can take one or two nuggets with them to actually implement right in their own families. Is there something that you would maybe recommend? That's an ex- another excellent question. <laughs> um, I think, you know, don't hesitate to tell your own stories. Like when you were mm-hmm. growing up, what you loved. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I would say um, remembering a little, even if it's something simple, to start a... because. Something simple, like how you love to play in the backyard and with the sprinkler on and how when you looked mm-hmm. through the droplets of water, you could see these tiny rainbows, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, starting with something small that really spoke to, to you, that you really loved, because story is also about connection. It's also about helping them know you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being together in, and letting that be enough. Like, the, we don't have to think that every moment has to be going to Disney. Right. right? And right. not that that's not fun, mm-hmm. you know. But that's um, like a moment. That, but, but, yeah. this, but what's really lasting, what a child will tend to remember more is not some really big shindig, but the time that my dad put me on his shoulders and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there, um, and felt, you know, 10 feet tall and being able to look all around just like a bird perched on a tree, right? Right, right And right. Um, those, are, those are the moments that I think that really stick with one, mm-hmm. you know, that those moments of really be, feeling like you're connected and that you're enough and the joy of just being together right. and appreciating one another. Right. Right? Exactly. Because so. I'm just thinking we have so many holidays and if if every holiday, you know, that even if we're still doing it on Zoom, mm-hmm. but just every holiday talking about, I remember when, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and giving them a glimpse of your story or yes. your grandparents' stories. Yes. But I mean, the stories you've been told. And granted, it's not going to be with puppets, which are awesome, but they could maybe make a puppet that can, would represent... Absolutely. Yeah. You can take a napkin and fold it in a certain way to make a bunny. It's mm-hmm. really easy to do. Can uh, they go to your website and learn how to do yes, that? Yes, they can. <laughs> I even have it on one of the um, blog, art, 
blog um, articles oh, okay. on there. That would be so, awesome. So yes. they could uh, make a whole bunny family. Yes, and they tell absolutely. A story. And absolutely, yes. Yeah, and that it's would be cool. Just again, from a, you know, a piece of cloth of any kind. There's mm-hmm. no special purchase necessary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? And exactly. there's some stories on my blog. Uh, so and how songs. do they find your blog, and how do they find your songs? Um, starlightpuppets.blogspot.com Okay, right? and that, by the way, for listeners, will be on the synopsis of the show, so you'll be able to just click on that and go right to Connie's website. Mm-hmm. And, and how else would you like for them to contact you? Well, I do have also a YouTube channel, okay. and so I have some things on there as well, some videos and songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, but on my blog spot, you will see contact information. Okay. You know, uh, with and email how do they and, find the YouTube channel? And also on Facebook, under Connie Manson. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So YouTube, uh, does it, I mean, how does that work? Does it say Connie Manson at YouTube? Mm-hmm. If you go into YouTube and you mm-hmm. um, Google Connie Manson, it'll come up. It'll that come way. up, yeah. Okay. You'll see okay. some videos that I created. One, uh, just this amazing videographer just created this a video for me with puppets when I'm singing in a song on the ukulele oh, cool. uh-huh. and moving the pu- you know not at the same time but you'll yeah. see moving the puppets to this lovely little song over in the meadow oh, you know fun. Um, he did a beautiful job I will, Brian to, I will have to go and watch it myself because I didn't get to see uh-huh. that so well I want to thank you for being my guest um, it has you. been absolutely amazing to hear about puppeteering and how this works also um, are you available like for I think we had talked about you've actually done some weddings Mm -hmm. you've done um, a funeral or two Um, but um, are you doing some programs like at Hammock Park this summer for just families that might live in the area I am working towards I um, once things are right as far as regulations whatever Uh I am working towards I would like to do something in Hammock Park Mm -hmm. Um, they're wonderful there and I've put that out there Mm -hmm. as a I also would like to do a Puppets in the Park series this summer, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, that information, it will be on my blog spot once okay. I get that okay. um, solidified. Okay. Um, and yes, I put libraries and festivals, you know, so as those start to gear up again, yeah. you know, that's, that's my dream to create as much magic in as many places as I can. You know? And we all need a little more magic these days, <laughs> that is for sure. Um, well, again, thank you so much for being my guest, and I know you'll be back in a couple of months, and we'll hear a little bit more about what you're doing in whatever parks you happen to be at or whatever festivals you have happen to be at. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here today. Thank oh, you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Um, I certainly hope you go out there and make this your best life. That is what the show is all about, is take the information, apply it where you can, and don't ever stop loving one another. That is one of the big keys. Uh, At the end of my book, I basically say that uh, if we do nothing else but discover that life is really meant to be about love, then we've accomplished why we're here. So thanks so much, and we'll see you, uh, well not maybe see you, but uh, you'll be hearing us again uh, in another week. Go out there and have a great, great life. Thank you. 
Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.